Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto experts. To the end zone. The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. It's time for a touchdown. We're here to help you win your leagues and win that cash. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. I'm your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speeds, the spitting statistician. And as always, I am overjoyed to be joined by my man, FSWA Hall of Famer, El Rey de Fantasia, the king, Scott Angle. Scotty, it is playoff time. Uh, people are feeling the crunch. How you doing? Dude, uh, you know, just, uh, just before I got on there, checking out all my waiver runs. Yeah. More this afternoon and tonight. So it's a, it's a busy, busy time. Uh, and, you know, we'll talk about it later. But if you're not in the playoffs, don't make waiver claims. Hey, let the players play. Let people would still have stuff on the line, interestingly enough. Yeah, we will get into that a little bit later, Ron. I want to let the people know, Scotty, we got two hours this morning to break down all of the Week 14 games. We'll talk about the spreads. We'll talk about the key players that are on the incline, on the decline. And we'll have a little bit of fun as well. Big shout. I got to start it off, Scotty. I just saw a uh, tweet from uh, one of my followers, Michael Vincent. And I want to let you know, Scotty, he says this. You know, he gives me a question, whatever, I answer it um, about, like, Cam and backing up quarterbacks, something like that. He says, thanks, Speeds. I stream you and Scotty every morning here in Australia. And then I double it up with watching Fantasy Freestyle at night. Never miss a beat. Scotty, we are worldwide, literally on the other half of the globe. People are listening to try to win their leagues and win that cash. Well, I appreciate that, Nick. You know, it's uh, very, very flattered to be listened to in the land of the Bee Gees. 
There you go. All right, let's get into the news and notes from yesterday. I say it every Wednesday morning, you know, the practice reports, Scotty, the injuries, you're going to start to get notifications. Don't worry about it. We'll talk to Dr. Ray and we'll let you know how those are trending throughout the week. But things that did hit my radar yesterday, Scotty, and what I would consider a long overdue move, the Buffalo Bills have decided to cut Kelvin Benjamin. This is a guy, it was kind of clear, was not making the effort to build chemistry with new young quarterback Josh Allen. I mean, remember, he came out after his freshman year of Florida State, was like an athletic freak, was one of these 6'4 kind of guys that I said that the Carolina Panthers used to mitigate Cam's accuracy issues. But, you know, he hasn't really produced. I think it's okay. Do you think Kelvin Benjamin's going to latch on anywhere? I think he definitely will. I, I think okay. a playoff team that, uh, you know, he was in a bad situation and, you know, maybe he had a bad attitude there, you know, from the okay. reports. Uh, you know, landing on a playoff team, he could he could certainly help as you know as a big receiver, uh, you know, some team there, and uh, I I could probably think of a few right now that would that would probably like to have a target like that. I it's like you know right away you know, uh, you know the Seahawks tried Brandon Marshall, uh, right. they tried talking to Des Bryant. I think they'd like a big body in the in the red right. zone. Uh, I I wouldn't Saints be surprised if for maybe, that as well. Maybe C- Seattle, you know the Saints. Uh, with the next one, I was gonna say, you know that mm. that's a that's a good one as well. You know, just you know, thinking thinking on, on on the go here. You know, Washington still considers them in the playoff race. Uh, you know, even though we don't officially don't, uh, right. I think Washington, you know, could certainly probably use an, another wide receiver. I don't think Denver. I think maybe maybe, maybe even maybe I don't I don't think the Chargers. Tennessee, you know, thinking it through. Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee already has that big guy in Corey Davis. Okay. I think they, they already like who they have. Uh, Indianapolis okay. is maybe a possibility. They really don't right. have a, a second wide receiver there. So that's interesting. That's another possibility right there. I don't think Baltimore can use it. Uh, you know, Miami still considers themselves to be in the playoff race. So Miami's another possibility. Interesting. And Kelvin Benjamin did go to Florida State, so maybe some of those Florida teams could be interesting. Talk about uh, what that leads. I think there Seattle, Miami, and New Orleans are the probably the the, the three and Indianapolis, mm-hmm. like the four that I would that I would uh, would make most sense to me. All right, we'll see if any of those things do, in fact, go down over the next couple of weeks. Let's talk about Buffalo. A lot of people though are asking me, "Oh my goodness, should I now pick up Zay Jones?" Scotty, I'm like, no, you should not. I don't care if he's the number one wide receiver. You say it all the time. Number one wide receivers are not created equal. I want no part of the Buffalo pie. I don't know if I would say an absolute no to that because I actually did pick him up in one of my leagues because my okay. third wide receiver spot is uh, – in some leagues, the third wide receiver spot is not ideal. Uh, you know, I have Larry Fitzgerald. I, I have a team that's 11-2. and two. But, but uh, you know, my third wide receiver is Larry Fitzgerald, and I also have Curtis Samuel. You know, Zay Jones has been coming on recently while jo- while Josh Allen's been playing better. So I would I wouldn't totally rule it out. It depends on who you're cutting. I wouldn't say he's a prime ad, but I wouldn't rule it out either. Fair enough. It's obviously all relative to your options, right? Um, right. Chris Rock. Chris Rock wants a think... great bit. Oh. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You first. No, I, I was going to say. Rock I was going to say. 
Chris Rock had a great bit about how it's all relative to your options. He was talking about like Bill Clinton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and you know, yeah. obviously the Monica Lewinsky. The man is only as faithful like, as his options. As his yes. options, you know. And then he's like, yeah. you don't go around here seeing like Orrin Hatch being like, man, I got to keep these interns up off me. You know what I'm saying? So it's obviously relative yeah. to your options in the same way that if you're going to start Zay Jones or relative to your options, given your options that you mentioned, Scott, I don't know. I'd run out Larry Fitzgerald, especially considering Christian Kirk just got sent to IR, but I digress. What were you going to say, Scotty? Well, as you know, that was before the Fitzgerald injury. I was thinking that. Yeah, yeah. I think Zay Jones was a viable pickup even before Benjamin got caught the day before Mm -hmm. he, he started to come on a little bit recently. Okay. Um, yeah, fair enough. Listen, I'm not going to have it, but like you said, you could Zay Jones, you can understand it. It depends on your options. He is now a wide receiver one, and he did blow up, Scotty, the last time he faced the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 which he will be this Sunday. The Pittsburgh Steelers, Scotty, have ruled out James Conner. They're saying a lot of different things. They're saying his injury is not serious at all, uh, you know, but then at the same time, they've already ruled him out. They've already activated Trey Edmonds to their roster. Here's what I'm sniffing around. I'm just reading tea leaves, Scott, and, you know, I am not Dr. A. What I think may be happening here is, listen, they got the Oakland Raiders this week, Scott, and and I think they think that they can go ahead and win this game without James Conner. Then, week 15, they host the New England Patriots in a game that a lot of people have circled for almost a year already. I think that They ruled him out this quickly, even after saying, like, oh, it's not that major. I think they ruled him out because they know that they're going to lose the battle to try and win the war. I think there was no chance he was going to play this week against Oakland. If anything, whether he's ready or not, they are, in my opinion, saving him for what they know is his huge game against New England. You buy that, Scotty? Your initial initial speculation would make sense, but then you go to rotoexperts.com this morning and inside injuries already has the skinny. And they all they have a full detailed breakdown on their site uh, that they feel that he he could probably miss the rest of the fantasy playoffs. That with a high ankle sprain, the optimal recovery time is four to seven weeks. So there's a good possibility for your fantasy season that it's worse than what you just mentioned, and you might not mm. see James Conner the rest of the way. And you were asking me yesterday to say. You know, do you think Connor's going to play next week? And I said, right. I didn't have an answer because right. we were hearing that it was not serious. And then yesterday we hear it was ruled out. You know, it's just like you don't know about that kind of stuff right away until all the testing goes through. But, you know, the, the most accurate information that we have from inside injuries, and we see them be right so many times before, is four-week minimum recovery time. Now, when, when you talk about recovery time, that means maybe <laughs> – Maybe within three weeks, sometimes these guys yeah. coming back a week or two faster than recovery time. We have I can't seen imagine the NFL, that he, yeah. he would be back in two weeks. All right, but we have seen, you know, listen, much love and respect to Dr. A and the inside injuries folks for sure, but that's their own algorithms, their own perspective, right? We have seen many times before, whether it's been smart or not, Scott, is a different question, but we have seen the NFL team bring people back well before the inside injuries projections have set. Now, on some levels, we then laugh about it afterwards saying they should have listened to inside injuries, but we have seen the NFL team be a lot more aggressive with returning players than, say, the inside injuries projections. Right, exactly. And I just said that, you know, it's, uh, so you're kind of echoing what I just said. But to bring him back within two weeks for a high ankle sprain, I would say the odds are against it. Do we know for sure that it has been diagnosed and reported as a high ankle sprain? A lot of people are saying that, but has, it, has the team said that? I don't think the team has actually said okay. that, 
But from everything because all I've heard injuries, right? All I've heard everything from inside said, injuries said, uh, yeah. If they said if it was, if it was, uh, you know, the lower leg injury, right? You know, that at one point Tomlin said it was just a, a leg way. contusion. Remember, at one point Tomlin right. said it was a leg contusion. That's all the team has said. Now we all are thinking it's a high ankle sprain, which is obviously um, very. Uh, it is, it's hurtful, and it is weeks for a running back. But, you know, there's, 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 like you said, there's incomplete information. I trust the folks over at Inside Injuries, but I do still want to get a report from the team before we well, here, you know, here's what it do is. anything. The published report said ankle. It didn't say high ankle sprain, the right. way I read it, okay? Right. And if somebody else wants to correct me on it, that's fine. This is the way I read it. No. Published report said an ankle. I didn't see anything from the team officially that was a high ankle sprain, but inside injuries on Roto Expert says that the lower leg contusion basically serves the same function as the high ankle sprain. Okay. Um, you know, yes. And all I'm saying is that inside injuries, while is very strong and has been accurate before, um, you know, the teams maybe sometimes play it a little differently. And you said it yourself, you know, we want to help. We still want to hear from the team. We will start to get practice reports this week. He's been already ruled out for week 14. OK, so what that means is go get Jalen Samuels. I'm going to be very interested to see when Scott has his ranks that come out for week 14 later on this week. I'm going to be really interested to see, Scotty, not only where you put Jalen Samuels in your running back ranks, but where you put Jalen Samuels in your tight and ranks, giving the workload he's going to get at running back this week for the Pittsburgh Steelers in a plum matchup against the Oakland Raiders, who are bad against the run, and you think game script could be in favor for the Pittsburgh running back. I really wonder where you're going to put him in the tight end ranks, Scotty. Yeah, it's uh, it, he'll be pretty high up, you know, I would say. Yeah, uh, at least at least like top five, I would say. Uh, you gotta think so because those rushing yards yeah. are such a yeah, safer floor than any of the any of those tight ends have. Yes, you know, check out my article this morning. I wrote an expert to an AP about how Jalen Samuels is maybe the most interesting waiver pickup of all time because unofficially in fantasy history, we've never had a tight end uh, you know could produce these kind of running numbers. Yeah, absolutely. We've talked about it before. You know, guys like Marcus Colston in the past, uh, Cordero Patterson with dual eligibility now, but never this kind of combo. Joe Webb. <clears throat> right, but never this kind of combo where you can put someone in that tight end position who gets the safe floor of the touches and is a starting running back in a playoff week. This is a very unique situation in fantasy football, but luckily, if you listened to the Roto Experts in the morning to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, you picked up a guy like Jalen Samuels a long time ago, all right, because we were telling you it is cuffing season, and we literally, by name, said Spencer Ware. We, by name, said Jalen Samuels. We, by name, for months, have been talking about Austin Eckler. We, by name, talked about the kid Jackson, who's now even Eckler's handcuffed. So hopefully, if you're listening... You are way ahead of that. Scotty, you said you thought it was interesting, my fantasy freestyle poll. What I asked is, should non-playoff teams have the same kind of access to waivers and stuff like that as playoff teams at this point of the fantasy season? And a lot of interesting responses. It sounded like you had something you wanted to say as well. Let me just let the fans know here, 61% of people said no, they should not have the same access. And that maybe, you know, I'm in a league... Uh, run by one of our former colleagues, the Flex League, and he put out a note 
saying, listen, when waivers run, the playoff teams get like first bite at the apple. Then there's almost like a second waiver run for non-playoff teams. A lot of people have been saying, listen, if there's a prize for the consolation bracket, you have to let everyone have the same level of access. Um, Other people are saying in their league, you know, the winner of the consolation bracket gets, you know, high priority for draft pick the following year. Some teams are playing with like a booby prize, you know, that last place has to do some kind of punishment or something. So in those situations, people want to give uh, access the same. What do you think about the topic, Scott? My initial reaction is if there's no prize, there's no access whatsoever. You know, in the league that I run, there's no there's no prize at all for you know the consolation bracket. You do it for okay. fun. If you do it, you know, you get a little trophy on on the ESPN website that I run, and that's <laughs> right. it. So that they're they're not. And some people like don't read the message board, and then I have to reverse their moves. Now, if you're playing for a prize, I can't say no access, but there's no reason you should have priority access. I think if you didn't make the playoffs, I think you lose your right to have priority access to waivers. The The consolation bracket should count, and if you're playing for a prize, you, you should have access, but it's not nearly as important the, as the winner's bracket. The winner's bracket should get first access, and when they're cleared out for the week, then you have a second waiver run for the consolation bracket. The first draft pick is nowhere near as important as the championship. So, uh, you know, my, my, my initial knee-jerk reaction was no access at all. Play with what you have. But then I realized, you know, some people are playing for prizes or the booby prize right. or whatever. You know, too bad, you know, live with it. it, it the, the, uh, the, winning, the winning teams, the teams that made the playoffs – Earn the first crack at players. Their games are more important than yours, period. Okay, I have a question for you. I don't disagree with you, Scott. I have a question for you. I think um, it may be slightly different if you're in a dynasty league, Scott, because then it's not even like you're right. The playoffs are so much more important. But in a dynasty league, it's not only about that year. So even if I don't make the playoffs, right, I should be able to have just the same access, I think, as a playoff team to get, uh, let's say, a, a Jackson. Right. If I think he's actually going to be something for real that I can hold on to next year, if you're in a dynasty league where it's not only about this year, does that change your opinion about non-playoff teams being on even footing because it's not only about that current year? I, I see where you're coming from. Uh, and if you feel that way, you know, that's, you know, I respect it. But even in a dynasty league, the future is not as important as this year. Uh, you know, it's more important than you would say in, in a yearly league, but I still believe, you know, that the games of the, the games being played for the championship are more important than anything else. You play for the trophy, you play for the championship. That's more important than anything else. Now, if you get right. knocked out and there's another consolation bracket for the teams that get knocked out, you know, I, I think those teams go, go to lowest priority if they lose in the playoffs. But even in a dynasty league, I'm not for it. You know, you didn't earn that right. You lose out. Too bad. Live with Fair it. Fair enough. Our guy, our guy Rich is also saying in his leagues, as teams get eliminated from the playoffs, they're locked out of waivers. Then they're eligible to pick up free agents. Great. After the waivers run, this kind of second priority, like you said. We're off and running. It's Roto Experts in the morning. We dive into the week 14 games after this. Come on right back. 
the Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game Time Decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy Freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew calls Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-215-1727. 800-215-1727. That's 800-215-1727. Fantasy. Freestyle. No, I want no part of C.J. Anderson with the Oakland Raiders. You say you just signed. I want no part of that because, A, it's going to take time for him to learn the scheme, learn the playbook, and, B, they're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're going to be down. To me, that's Jalen Richard, not C.J. Anderson. C.J. Anderson is an early down back. He's an inside-the-tackles kind of guy. Okay, and that's not what's going to happen when they're playing Pittsburgh. That's going to be Jalen Richard, in my opinion. Tuesday and Thursday, 10 p.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. Here in the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Dave Martinez and the King, Scott Angle, taking you through two hours as usual. We're going to start looking into the Week 14 games. Interesting discussion on how you structure your league and who gets access now that some teams are still competing for the chip and others may not be. Interesting wrinkles, whether you're in redraft or dynasty leagues or if it's a fad budget or waivers. A lot of people chiming in as well. We appreciate all the love and all the context. Don't forget to follow my man Scotty at ScottyRotoX on Twitter. And you can find the Spittin' Statistician at Spittin' Speeds. We're hooking you up every morning. All right, Scotty, let's dive into these games, all right? What we're going to do is we're going to go game by game. And now that there's no buys anymore, okay, there are 16 games each week for us to talk through. So don't forget, we're going to take two hours. So if you subscribe, say, maybe a podcast or something like that, make sure you get FST as well. We got 16 games to talk through. But first, Scotty, I got to let people know that even when the football season is over, they can still win a little bit of cash with support from the Fantasy Sports Radio Network because the DailyRoto.com NBA lineup optimizer is now available. That means you can use your same tools and projections to start winning NBA DFS contests. DailyRoto.com, as you know, has produced seven separate FanDuel and DraftKings Millie Maker winners, millions more in cumulative prizes. We told you about Colin Drew, who went back to back with uh, like 
five or six figure hits in the football season. If you're playing DFS and you're not using Daily Roto, their tools, their projections, you're doing it wrong. You're at a competitive disadvantage. So go on over to dailyroto.com, click on the Go Premium tab, then enter the promo code FANTASY, F-N-T-S-Y, for a special discount and start winning today. All right, Scotty. Thursday night football kicks off week 14 tomorrow night in a battle of the AFC South. Now, Scotty, the AFC South is pretty interesting. The Texans have reeled off nine in a row, but now you got two teams, Tennessee and Indy, that are right in that in the hunt graphic on the AFC playoff picture. And the Jacksonville Jaguars travel to Tennessee to take on the Titans. This is a divisional matchup. The Titans are four point favorites at home. I find it interesting, though. very low total, 37 and a half. Vegas does not expect points, and I understand why. There's not a lot of fantasy production here to go around. My question for you is as it relates to Titans running back Deion Lewis. This guy has sort of been on the fringe all season long. There were points where he was a flex play. There were points where you were like, he's got to be on the bench. There were points where he was right there on the cusp. How do you treat Deion Lewis if he's on your roster? I have him on a playoff team, Scotty. He's been the flex for me in the past. I am debating him in the flex or like a wide receiver, like say an Allen Robinson or a Doug Baldwin. Where would you go in that kind of situation? I'm not starting Deion Lewis during the fantasy playoffs. You know, the re- the recent production has been either mediocre or non-existent. Uh, you know, in some situations where we're talking people to get handcuffs to the top backups, I'm saying cut Deion Lewis. You can't start mm-hmm. Deion Lewis with any confidence at all in your fantasy playoffs right now. Okay, so help me out, Scotty. Uh, the spitting statisticians in a league that you are in with me know we're not playing each other, so I feel like you can offer me some free advice here. I am literally in a situation where Deion Lewis is my option. Okay, so look, at my flex play right now, I'm literally going to the website, doing like the projections and all that stuff, right? My wideouts are set. My running backs are set. I know what I'm doing at every position except for my flex. I have Doug Baldwin as an option. I have... Deion Lewis as an option, and then I have <clears throat> uh, two Bears wide receivers, Allen Robinson and Taylor Gabriel, and then I also have, I guess, Traquan Smith that would be an option. Oh, and LeGarrette Blunt if there's no on Johnson. Where would you go? Uh, we're going to have a little bit of a breakdown here, my friend. Even though we're not playing each other, I don't give oh, advice do to it. people in my own leagues because what if it, you huh? advance and then, 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 then you beat me? So I, I don't. That would be a great thing. For I, I, I can't. I, I can't. It'd be a great thing for you, but then I, I might regret <laughs> giving you the advice. So okay. Uh, if it was any other, if it was any other league, I'd be glad to answer it. But it's just something I don't do. All right, fair enough. Hey, everybody, hit up my man at Scotty Roto X and ask him the question. It's a poll. Why don't about... you? Why don't you make a poll? <laughs> Maybe I will. You know what? Um, if I'm, I'm actually not. I'm going to attack this a different way. You know, Jimbo Slice in our league, uh, Scotty. Yeah. He was yeah. – uh, that's our, our fan, JR, Jim Ross. Um, and he actually had a great start to the season. I think he went something like 7-0. and And then the week he was playing me, I had him on Fantasy Freestyle. And I literally, in essence um, – Pose that question to him. And I was like, listen, I'll start whoever you want me to start. And he answered my question. And to your point, Scotty, that's exactly what happened. He, I made a switch based on who he wanted me to put. The guy he asked me to put in 
<clears throat> outscored the guy I had in by like five points or something, and then I beat Jim Ross by like three points that week, giving him his first loss. And now it looks like I'm seeing him again in the playoffs in like the 4-5 matchup, and I threw the gauntlet down on freestyle last night. I said, Jim Ross, if you want to call me again, I'll let you do it again. So I will uh, ask that same question to Jim Ross, and we'll see what he has to say on Thursday on the Fantasy Freestyle. Let me ask you about Corey Davis. Where are you putting <laughs> him in your lineup? Is he, is he in your lineup? Like, he's a guy that I find so frustrating because I know the talent is there. I know the skill set is there. There are times when he pops off, but I don't want, generally speaking, I don't want a Tennessee Titan wide receiver. This offense is not dynamic, in my opinion, and I don't know if I can trust Corey Davis in a win-or-go-home scenario. Can you? You can't trust Corey Davis, you know that. That that's for sure. Uh, but a lot of times you can't. There's a lot of situations where you can't trust your third wide receiver at all. And uh, you know Corey Davis has been coming on a little bit more. Uh, you never know what Jacksonville defense that you're going to get in any any specific week. You know we've started to play really bad, and then all of a sudden, boom! You know they shut out the Colts. You know where did that where did that one come from? I don't know, but. Right. You know, the Jaguars are fourth best against opposing wide receivers in fantasy points per game. Uh, so I don't think you could start Corey Davis with a ton of confidence, even though Mariota seems to be playing a little bit better recently. I like both of these defenses this week, not only because of their defense, but because of the offense they're facing. Vegas likes it too, Scotty. 37 and a half. That's a very low total. Um, where would you take? You lean over or under on this one? 37 and a half. A twenty to seventeen game would. Not I'm going to go under. Done. You know they they played against the Colts and they only got to six points. So I'm definitely six going under here. Yeah. All right, yeah. interesting. We'll we'll look at that. And by the way, Scotty, uh, I'm looking real good in our NFC. Uh, excuse me, our AFC South bet where you were giving me ten regular season wins. If you remember that one, uh, I'm I'm looking pretty good on that one so far. But I digress. Right. Uh, the next. That's game. okay. I'll I'll take the fact that I'm I'm going to get the division winner. That is true. And to be honest, that was your Super Bowl pick. And they're looking a lot better these days than we kind of wrote them. You know, a lot, of, te- a lot of people, nobody's like talking about them as a real contender. You know, that's Oh, I thing. have been. You haven't been here the last couple of days. You know, Scotty, I have been on that bandwagon, Scott. And the other part that I think is very interesting, look at their schedule, Scotty. They don't play another 500 team the rest of the way. They do not play another team that is over 500 the rest of the way. They have the Colts this week, which is a tough one. They have like... You know, kind of tough ones, but not really, like Indianapolis. I think they have Philly, which could be interesting. But then they have the Jets, which is someone they should take steamroll. And they have the Jaguars at the end of the year. I think the Jaguars, their mentality, you know, when they're out of it, I think they're going to fold up. I could very easily see, even if you give them a split against the Colts and the Eagles, two other 500 kind of teams – that's them 3-1 and one the rest of the way, Scotty. That's 12-4 and four after an 0-3 start. And don't look now, but if the Texans go 12-4, and four, the Patriots better handle their business or else they ain't, they're going to be playing wild card weekend, Scott. Yeah. It's, they're uh, both 9-3 like right said, now. Outside of you, I don't hear anybody talking about them because I guess they feel that they haven't really played anybody yet, but winning teams beat who they're supposed to beat. 
Absolutely. Listen, and, and here's what I will say. You know who they did beat recently? The Denver Broncos. And the Denver Broncos, you know, ever since, when, after they lost to Houston, that team then turned around and beat the Chargers, beat the Steelers, and, of course, last week beat the Bengals. So, listen, uh, you know, don't sleep now. And Demarius Thomas getting better with that team. Yeah, the Houston Texans are live, in my opinion, and it's very possible, you know, they did lose to the Patriots heads up very early on in the season. So New England would have that tiebreaker, but um, watch out because the Patriots, I know, still have the Pittsburgh Steelers on their schedule. They also, and I don't know if you buy this one. Let's go to that game. Their next game, though, Scotty, New England, they go to Miami, and Miami is a home dog of seven and a half points. But as you probably know, Scotty, the Patriots trip up down in Miami a lot. Um, When they They go to Miami— and when they go to Miami, odd things happen. Scotty, because of that and because I just honestly don't believe that – and maybe this is the Jets fan in me talking, but I honestly don't believe this Patriots team is the same vintage as teams of the past. Rob Gronkowski, I think, is relatively done. Uh, Tom Brady has thrown something like two touchdowns in his last, like, month. Um I wouldn't be surprised if the Dolphins give the Pats a little bit of trouble this week with seven and a half points at home. I might be taking the home dog in this one. Yeah, you know, even when the, when the Patriots were at the, the very top of their game, uh, you know, the Dolphins would always give them trouble. Like there, right. there's just some rivalry games, like Chiefs Raiders, sure. Dolphins Jets, uh, you yep. know, Cowboys Redskins. You know, that are always going you know, to ratchet up the emotion because mm-hmm. of the rivalry. And, you know, I've seen it over the years. Uh, you know, with all respect, though, I hear it in your voice as a Jet fan. I think you're right. hoping that the Patriots aren't what they No, I acknowledge be. that. I acknowledge yeah. that. You're absolutely right. But remember, the way this started is because I think it's a legitimate shot that the Texans and not the Pats wind up with that second bye in the AFC. That's where this started, okay? And then, right. yes, we were looking at the schedules, and I'm trying to find more losses for the Patriots. I admit that, okay? But let me, let's me let get into the fantasy angle on this game. Here's my question for you. Rex Burkhead made a return last week for the Pats, Scotty. And, you know, he had something like 10. Touches. My question is not as it relates to Rex Burkhead. My question is as it relates to Sony Michelle and James White. You know, we have said throughout the season, Scotty, at different points of time, both of them have been like back end RB1s, high end RB2s. Both running backs are people you start with confidence. My question is does Rex Burkhead eat into that enough that you have any concerns about Sony Michelle or James White? Well, look at look at the, the numbers that James White put up last week. Are you yeah. concerned? Yeah. No. With, with Sony, no, with Sony Michelle, though, Sony it became Michelle. became it seemed like it became more of a committee. I think they don't want to right. overwork him. Uh, you know, it's so, it, it's almost like you, he moved right? from RB. Yeah, it moved. From, I don't think it hurts White, but okay. I, I think Michelle, I think it was you know uh, we had a we had well, seven James carries Devlin. for twenty. James Devlin scored on, two touchdowns had, from the one yard line. Right. If but, that was Sony Michelle, he'd look a lot better. You know what I mean? That's fluky. You know, it's it's something exactly. it's something that the Patriots do in a while and uh, it annoys you. But I think Sony Michelle is still probably their first goal line choice. You know, I still have confidence in that. But Rex Burkhead carried the ball seven times and caught two passes. I think carrying the ball seven times is a little bit more of a concern because Sony Michelle we know has had injury issues dating back to college, and mm-hmm. uh, you know I think this moves Sony Michelle from an RB one to an RB two. Sony Michelle has proven that he probably plays the best when you're handing him the ball twenty times a game, but exactly. then it also you know 
causes him to break down. So, uh, you know, that's what the Patriots are dealing with. A delicate balance as it relates to Sonny Michelle. You love, you know, Scotty, I think there was maybe what, like maybe like a three-week time in there in the middle of the season where my narrative that the New England Patriots were actually going to use him as a traditional kind of early down back felt was true for about a month in there, Scotty. And then we saw Sonny Michelle, you know, he's, he's injury-plagued. And so they had to kind of have to go back. What, he get injured twice, I think? Committee. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. One of them looking really, really bad, if you remember. I think they uh, almost brought out the cart for him one time. But let's keep it moving, Scotty. Yeah. Another game. Unless, unless, let me ask you, do you have any faith in any Miami Dolphins? Because I don't think you should. Uh, the only guy that I could say that maybe you could use is Kenyon Drake. Now, the problem with him is he's boom or bust. But uh, in some cases, you might not have a choice in you know, there is some upside in Kenyon Drake. You know, we've seen it over the last few weeks. So I think he gets consideration. All right. So he gets consideration maybe as a flex kind of play, uh, depending on right, your options. Exactly. Remember, it's all relative yes. to your options. Are you Bill Clinton or are you Orrin Hatch is what it comes down yes. to. I'm going to use that a lot now, Scotty. I think we're going to be using that <laughs> a lot based on your options. Do you have Bill Clinton yeah. or Orrin Hatch's it, options? It's all, it's all <laughs> about who gets the biggest. And when it comes to, to – uh, when it comes to getting the uh, you know the the waiver claims and not yeah. not uh, if you're not a playoff team and the waiver claims you know the uh, championship teams are playing for the big piece of chicken. Absolutely, I like that. Go yeah. in the kitchen, he makes yeah. a big piece of chicken. Yeah, yo, Scotty, I could do Chris Rock lines all day long. We should talk about the tossed salad man another time. But in any event, the Atlanta Falcons <laughs> go to Lambeau Field to take on the Packers, who have a new interim head coach. How do you think this is going to go, Scotty? I can see one way where the Packers completely go off the rails. You know, they were saying how Aaron Rodgers didn't have any energy, that sort of stuff. There's one way where this can just completely go south. There's another way where maybe the Packers, you know, play inspired ball for that kind of thing. It's not like the Falcons have shown that they can go outside of the dome and do well. You know what I mean? So uh, what do you think is the state of this Green Bay Packers team? I think usually when you see a coaching change, uh, usually see, you see that most times you see that teams respond positively. Uh, you know, the week after. And I think even right. if there wasn't a coaching change, you know, the Packers want to turn it around. You know, I think they believe they're a better team than what their record shows. And coming off a loss to Arizona, I think they're dangerous. And the Falcons are out of it too. You know, the Falcons really have nothing to play for either. And the Falcons are the worst team in the, in the NFC against uh, allowing points to opposing fantasy quarterbacks at 22.3 per game. So I'm kind of liking Aaron Rodgers this week. Sounds like Aaron Rodgers may be primed for a bounce back. A lot of people think that the relationship with him and McCarthy had something to do with the end of the coach's tenure there in Green Bay as well. Let me ask you this. Aaron Jones, I know, was starting. Aaron Rodgers, I know, was starting. The, the Adams, of course. Are you running out MVS, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, this week in a win-or-go-home situation? No, of course not. You know, the, the way he's the way he's played recently, uh, you can't bank on a turnaround and play and, and take a flyer and take that kind of wrister in your fantasy playoffs, you know, that that's the kind of thing that ends up getting you eliminated. Yeah, all right. So absolutely, you got to keep an eye on that. And what about the Atlanta running backs? Tevin Coleman, Edo Smith. Uh, should Coleman be in any well, You're not going to use Edo Smith, but... Tevin Coleman. You're not going to use Edo Smith, but Tevin Coleman, you can consider him as a flex, but you don't have a lot of confidence in him. What, it was eight carries for eight yards last week? Yeah, exactly. And now they go outside of the He's been a dome. big disappointment into what is the freezing tundra 
of I, I'd rather be field. using it Jeff Wilson. I'd rather use oh. Jeff Wilson right now than Tevin Coleman. Okay, fair enough. I think that's a strong statement out of Scotty, letting you know that the current situation is more important. Scotty, I, I started this segment by saying I probably got a nice little lead on you in our uh, AFC South regular season win total bet that we made a long time back. What I will say, though, however, as I look at the Atlanta Falcons, Calvin Ridley right now has 163 points on the season. Austin Hooper has 138 points on the season. Mohamed Sanu has 122 points on the season. So your boy Austin Hooper is 16 points ahead of uh, Mohamed Sanu for another one of our bets. About a point a week. But a couple touchdowns can get Sanu back into it. We shall see. We got more games to cover when we come back. It's Dane and Scotty on Roto Experts in the morning. Put the fun in functional sports radio. Come on right back. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. The sun can make your outdoor deck and patio space so hot and uncomfortable you can't use it. But now there's the Sunsetter Retractable Awning. It provides protection from the sun's harmful rays and can keep your patio about 20 degrees cooler. Call 800-869-4993 now and you can get your Sunsetter for as little as $599 with your special $200 discount certificate. Call 800-869-4993 now for your discount certificate and you'll also get a free awning idea kit. Call 800-869-4993. That's 800-869-4993. Indeed knows it's hard to find qualified candidates when you're hiring. It's like finding a unicorn. But when you post your job on Indeed, it's easy to find people with the skills you need. Nurse practitioner, four-plus years experience, acute care certification. Indeed has a huge pool of amazing candidates and screener tools that help you find your most qualified applicants. Whoa, an entire short list of unicorns. See why more than 3 million companies worldwide use Indeed to hire. Post your job at Indeed.com slash hire. Indeed, the world's number one job site. Source com score total visits. Finish. People are going to ask, do I start Jalen Samuels this week? Do I start Jeff Wilson this week? Who would you rather start, Wilson or Samuels? Who's the preferred ad? Based on what Jeff Wilson just did this past week, both on the ground and in the pass game, I said Jalen Samuels automatically jumps to the top. If you're a James Conner owner, absolutely, he jumps to the top. You play on Yahoo, you need a tight end, Jalen Samuels will jump to the top. If you're in your random league where Jalen Samuels is not tight end eligible, and you just need a running back for one week, Jeff Wilson doesn't have anybody else well, stealing carries away from him. Weekdays, noon Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. to get it too twisted though there are still leagues scotty that play 14 weeks of the regular season so there's also people in kind yeah. of like win to get into their playoffs kind of mode okay i know a lot of leagues also where maybe the three-week playoffs are 15 16 17 maybe only four teams make the playoffs and so week 14 is a regular season week you gotta know your settings that's the number one rule of fantasy next game i want to talk about this is an interesting one to me the baltimore ravens go to arrowhead to take on the chiefs the chiefs are six and a half 
half point favorites. 53 is the total. Scotty, I was uh, covering you on Sunday for Fantasy Football Rewind. Had the opportunity to work with Fantasy Taz, Jim Day. And we were talking about this Lamar Jackson thing. Okay, and I said, listen, to me, the most important stat is that Joe Flacco was four and five. Lamar Jackson is three and oh, you know, and I think it's time. Right. Um, But what Jim Day said, I think is interesting. He said he would go back to Flacco for this week against Kansas City because he thinks Lamar Jackson is not equipped to enter a shootout with the Kansas City Chiefs. I was saying I don't really care. I don't really care even if they lose the win, lose the battle to win the war on this one. It's not like they, you know, maybe, of course, the organization thinks so. But it's not like you think the smart is that they're going to go into Arrowhead anyway and win. And so what kind of is the... Uh, priority for me is to not treat Lamar Jackson with this kind of back and forth stuff like we've seen in Tampa Bay with Jameis Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm, I'm letting him take his lumps if need be. Uh, where do you think, how do you think the Ravens decide this quarterback uh, situation? Look, I dearly love Jim Day, but sometimes he baffles me with what he says. Like, mm. you know, he would have rather had Phillip Rivers than Eli Manning. Why Eli won two Super Bowls and Phillip Rivers right. has never won a big playoff game. This makes no sense to me. What has what, what he seen from Joe Flacco that all of a sudden makes him equipped to, you know, uh, you know trade offensive punches with Patrick Mahomes? It's I think not it's like more he, that he doesn't think be, Flacco yeah. he does not think Lamar Jackson can throw the ball and be in a game where he's required neither, neither to can Flacco. Neither can Flacco. Maybe, maybe I think a little Ravens bit better than Jackson. You know, they're a defensive team. They don't have wide yeah, exactly. receivers that you. Exactly. Right. This team is not, not made for a shootout whatsoever. Right now, this team is 3-0 and with Lamar Jackson. And what they want to do is what they, they, they want to play half court. You know, they're a different team right. than other teams. You know, they have a running quarterback and they have a physical running back. They want to play that old school sort of – well, it's not smash mouth, but it's more like read option – rely on the quarterback and the running back and slow the pace of the game down, and that's their only hope. And they do it Mm -hmm. best with Lamar Jackson, not with Joe Flacco. So I completely disagree with Jim. Yeah, it's kind of like what we see out of Dallas recently, right, with their defense, their running game, and Dak going back to – remember, Dak's best season, his rookie year, I think he had something like, what, like four interceptions all year, Scott, right? And that's the key. That's why, to be quite honest, Blake Bortles cannot play that role for the Jaguars who want to win that way. That's why I've always said, you know, someone like Terod who doesn't turn the ball over or a quote-unquote game manager is a good fit there. You know what I mean? Because that's the way they want to try to play. But I digress. Scotty, you know, you were gone when all the Kareem Hunt stuff went down, and I'm not trying to get into that right now. What I am asking you, though, is everyone ran to the waiver wire to get grab Spencer Ware, right? And Spencer Ware, he paid off. He got a touchdown for you, you know, maybe 50 or so scrimmage yards. It wasn't a great game, but he did get the touchdown. He is the starting running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. How are you re- treating Spencer Ware going forward? I mean, people were starting Spencer Ware over, you know, names you know last week, you know, because they were like, oh, this is plug and play. I think people are tempering their expectations going into this week. How do you see Spencer Ware? I see him as a maybe like a high-end RB2. Okay. Uh, I think people overrated Spencer Ware coming in uh, because he had a good season a few years ago. And, you know, the the, the potency of the offense that, that we've seen in Kansas City – I had him ranked number eleven last week. You know, I wasn't willing to put top ten. I don't think he's. I don't think he's a top ten fantasy running back. The guy is a former fullback. 
uh, you know, who got converted to, to right. you know, playing tailback. And then in 2016, you know, he, he had he had some good games. You know, he rushed for 921 yards, et cetera. Uh, 2015, he showed some flashes with six touchdowns. But, uh, you know, you look at his game log from 2016, and you kind of saw that he was starting to slow down after showing some flashes the previous year. And mm. I was, you know, Corey and I were already talking about going into 2017 before he got hurt in training camp that we didn't like Spencer Ware. Right. Uh, it was him and you know, Sharkandrick West at, at that time, right? Yeah. Looking at that game log, you know, from 2016, you know, uh, he only had two touchdown runs. And they both came within the first four weeks. And, right. you know, you, you looked at his yardage, you know, he had 131 yards in the fifth game of the season. But after that, he never cracked 70 yards rushing the rest of the way. So I think, I think, uh, I think people were, you know, maybe they, you know, they've been playing fantasy football for a little while. And, you know, they remembered 2015, you know, when he started to show some flashes, you know, he had a two right. touchdown game against the chargers with 96 yards. He had 114 rushing yards and a touchdown the following week in uh, November 29th. At Buffalo, and then against against Oakland, he scored another touchdown. And then, you know, he has, he finished. His, in 2015, he showed flashes, but 2016, he was mostly mediocre. But aren't the Chiefs a different and more dynamic team and offense than they were in 2016 overall? Well, so of course, that that's true. Potential, but it's it's showing that Spencer Ware, that Spencer Ware, that right. you know he's he's not he's not an explosive running back. He's right. Not anywhere near the talent, you know. Some people just look it's at that the skill and opportunity. I, right? I I want that guy. I want that guy because I think it blow up. You know, they, right. they, they maybe they remember the flashes in 2015 because going into going into 2017, Spencer Ware was highly regarded. There was a lot of fantasy debate about him, and Corey and I were on the side of this guy looked good for a little while in 2015, but in 2016 we saw too much mediocrity. So. You can't just you can't just look at how the offense was, the you know the player wasn't all that impressive. Period. Interesting. You said that last week you had where is uh, RB eleven and maybe it's not the same yeah. this week. You know, I think it's. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you a little bit of a you know, uh, name game kind of thing. You also said earlier this hour that Rex Burkhead may uh, infringe a little bit on Sony Michelle's. Uh, you know, opportunity and carries. Would you start Sony Michelle or Spencer Ware? Uh, Sony Michelle or Spencer Ware? Uh, I feel like Spencer Ware is going to get more of the workload this week. Okay. Whereas, uh, whereas Sony Michelle, uh, you know, he's he's going to have that guy cutting into his carries, right? You yeah. know, they play they play Miami. Miami's absolutely awful. Against running backs, and the Chiefs right. play Baltimore, so the the, the workload yeah, the favors where, but the matchup f- favors Sony Michelle. Right. Uh, so you know, that offense though like can just you. get it. the offense can, that that offense can get in the red zone, and you know we 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 could have Spencer Ware with like fourteen carries for thirty five yards and two touchdowns, I'd and a few passes. As a I expect <laughs> I, I expected I expect Spencer Ware to catch more passes out of the backfield. Than Michelle, so I'm. It, it's close, but I'm going to lead towards where. Okay, but correct me if I'm wrong. They're both RB twos for you this week. 
Uh, well, I haven't done my rankings officially yet. Okay. You know, my initially my initial thought process is yes, but then again, uh, you know, like I say on draft day, you know, there was only seven RB ones, and you had right. RB two types starting at number eight or number nine. So just right. because you're ranked number twelve doesn't make you an RB one. There's a lot. There's a lack of RB ones to a degree. Yeah, that makes sense to me. That makes sense to me. So both these guys are in your lineups on some level. Next game and the last one I think we will get to before the break and the top of the hour. Uh, the Carolina Panthers go to Cleveland to take on the Browns. Scotty, these are two teams. Honestly, I can't figure out either one of these teams. There was a point in time in oh I don't know I would say late October. Right when I thought the Carolina Panthers were a sneaky contender, since then I think they've lost three in a row. You know Cam Newton, four, four in yeah. a row. There looks yeah. to be something up with Cam Newton's shoulder. Okay, they bring it in Heineke for the hail mary play. Everybody was real skeptical when Andrew Luck didn't throw a hail mary in like week two. Now they pulled Cam Newton for a hail mary in week thirteen. I am similarly concerned. You know how I feel about the Carolina pass catchers. I've been saying this has evolved into a Christian McCaffrey, Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore kind of type, as opposed to the big body ones trying to get Cam the ball out of Cam's hands quicker. And Christian McCaffrey, you know, I think he's as very high next year in drafts and PPR drafts. Um, talk to me about, uh, I guess here's what I want to know. I want to know, do you buy these Carolina wide receivers that are not named, you know, Christian McCaffrey? And where, how do you think the pecking order now is? Because I don't think Funches is the number one there anymore. I think DJ Moore is. Well, first off about Cam, you know, you talk about bringing okay. in the backup to throw the Hail Mary. It's like, you know, a lot to be made of that, but Cam doesn't throw deep anyway. You know, his whole passing game is like flipping it out to McCaffrey and higher percentage passes right. to the other guys. So he could have been playing with, you know, it's a questionable shoulder all along. He's not going to throw deep. That just, that's not his game. Uh, you know, as far as the wide receivers right now go, it's, uh, I think it's DJ Moore is one and Curtis Samuel's like one A and mm-hmm. Devin Funches is number three. And I think in any given week you really don't know who it's gonna be between Samuel and Moore. Right. Uh are you starting both of them? As a wide receiver three this uh, week? Or are they on your bench in the fantasy playoffs? They're against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, you know, I, I I I yeah, I know. Uh it's you know, it really depends. Again, it's relative to your options. I can't start yeah. either one of them confidently, hmm. but there are situations. In fact, there's one where you know I got to consider Curtis Samuel over Larry Fitzgerald. You know, it's something. It's something that I have to think about. Uh, but you know, I don't think they're not ideal starts. Is is the best way that it, you know that I could probably put it. Uh, you know, when you look at the Browns against opposing fantasy wide receivers, they're actually like. Uh, they're actually uh, eighth worst against opposing fantasy wide receivers, allowing 38.9 points per game. So it's a pretty good matchup. And I think when they're in the red zone, they tend to go to Samuel, I think, more than more. I think more is better for yardage, where I'd count more in Samuel for touchdowns. Interesting. And don't forget, while I don't think Funchess is the man anymore, in the red zone, Funchess is still a definite option for the Carolina Panthers. Last week, he had I one I think catch. Samuel's the top guy. Well, I mean, Funches, I'm just talking about as the big body guy in the red zone, as a red zone target, especially now without Greg Olson. There may be touchdowns there. Funches had one catch last week, and it was, in fact, for a touchdown. So keep an eye out on that. But things are definitely shifting there in Carolina. Scotty, on the Cleveland side, here's my question for I mean, we know about Nick Chubb. 
right? We know that Baker Mayfield is a viable super flex kind of quarterback. Um, talk to me about Jarvis Landry, Scotty. I mean, you know, he's kind of been underperforming all season long. But then last week, he came back with a 100-yard game. Like, will the real Jarvis Landry please stand up? Which Jarvis Landry do you expect against Carolina on Sunday? I, I, that's a question that nobody can answer. I don't even know if Jarvis Landry can answer that. Right. You know, as inconsistent as he's been. He's a wide receiver three right now in a PPR. And the guy last year was a wide receiver one with Miami. So he's yeah. fallen far. A lot of your wide receiver three types uh, right now, you can't trust them. Uh, but the Panthers are six worst against opposing wide receivers in fantasy points per game. So it, Roll Landry out there. I'd, I'd probably, you know, give Landry a shot over, say, Larry Fitzgerald or uh, – but then if I think of Landry or DJ Moore, I might go DJ Moore. Wow. My, have we have uh, kind of changed that a rookie, you know, a rookie out of Maryland is higher, potentially higher rated. How much have we changed? I might start signing. Josh Allen over, over Tom Brady this week. Yeah. That's absolutely crazy. I mean, it's not crazy. Yeah. I agree with you. But I'm saying, you know, like... But it sounded crazy in August. Right. That if we made these statements yeah. in August, it would be very, very interesting. Um, real quick, there's another game that I want to maybe sneak in here. It's the Giants going to Washington to face the Washington football team. With the Giants, you know, it's very, very clear. It's Saquon, it's Odell, and, that, and that's about it, right? But with Washington... Listen, Mark Sanchez is going to be the starting quarterback for this team, Scotty. So, like, Adrian Peterson and nothing else? Pretty much. You know, and it's easy to defend them. And, uh, Are you, you know, starting Jordan Reed? Bring, 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 bring the safety down. Right. And uh, don't Landon let Adrian Collins Peterson beat you with a 90-yard run. Landon Collins is not going to play this week, but I don't, oh, excuse I don't know if it's going to matter. So... Look, if you're looking at streaming defenses, I actually, in one of my leagues, mm. I streamed the Giants last week, and it worked. Yep. Uh, you know, they, they had an early touchdown there. And this is, a, this is another week where you can stream the Giants because any, any defense that faces yes. Mark Sanchez, uh, I think you have to consider. The Giants had their best defensive performance of the year last week with two interceptions, a fumble recovery, and a touchdown. In ESPN default scoring, they had 16 points. Yeah, I think that's a great point you made. I was just talking to one of our uh, one of our friends and one of our colleagues at the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Scotty. I was talking to our guy Danny O, and I've been helping him manage his fantasy team, kind of you know all season long. He's doing well. He's in the playoffs, and he was worried about a defense that he had, you know. And I was like, listen, man, what you need to start doing, and you know my strategy. I'm getting ahead of this if you're a playoff team. I'm looking for defenses right now for weeks 15 and 16 as well, right? And I was like, listen, you can also – I've been telling him all year that you can kind of stream against, you know, say the Buffalo Bills or against the Jets or against the Cardinals or against whoever it is, the bad offenses. You can now also – definitively stream against the Washington football team, people. Okay, the Washington football team is – Mark Sanchez is the starting quarterback. They have no weapons on the outside, okay? So watch out for the Washington football team is a team you can stream against, and I want to make that point clear. Um, Scotty, do we have their matchups? Um, I'm trying to bring up their matchups so that we can see, say, like a um, – some potential defenses that could be an interesting stream. So, for example, this week they play the Giants, as you've said, 
right? Next week, they have Jacksonville in week 15, so that defense is probably owned. In week 16, the championship week, they face the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Scotty, the Tennessee Titans, who are a top-five defense in terms of points allowed, their playoff schedule, week 15 and week 16, they have the New York Giants and then the Washington football team. Uh, The Tennessee Titans seem like a defense you may be able to go ahead and grab now that can serve you well in the playoffs, Scott. How do you feel? about that yeah that, that's good because like i'm gonna buy in three leagues and i'm already right. looking ahead for like do it week now 15 16 and picking up the defenses now you know dame was the first to talk about that on this show yep absolutely tennessee has some good matchups for those two weeks get ahead of the game and do it now drop your fifth wide receiver to do so we come back we call it fst on the comeback meet us on the flip side <laughs> 